Welcome to The Rhythm Reset. This is founder and head coach Alexis Greco, and I'm so pumped that you are here today. We are in module 10. We are almost to the halfway point. And just a quick reminder, within The Rhythm Reset program, we dive into three main components of creating your rhythm, and that is personal development, home and business management, and organization and planning. Now, by the time you have completed the Rhythm Reset, you will have been given the skills necessary to successfully create your own rhythm within your home and your business. The Olympic sport of track relay. Track relay, let's talk about it for a moment. The United States is by far the most dominant nation in this event. In fact, our country has won the men's race 15 times and the women's race on 11 occasions. It consists of a team of four runners who run equal distances, generally 100 or 400 meters each, while passing a baton to one another on a rolling start. It is one of the most adrenaline-pumping sights in an athletics event, and it is viewed as the ultimate example of teamwork and coordination. Now the runners will blindly reach for a baton at 20 miles an hour while staying in their lanes and they make it look incredibly easy. But the truth is what they're doing is extremely difficult and it's a lot like delegating effectively. Now we touched on the topic of delegation in module nine and we're going to continue this conversation because It sounds easy, and watching others who do it well make it look easy, but passing the baton effectively requires trust, communication, and coordination. When you learn how to delegate and you learn how to do it well, everyone on your team can win. Now, a Harvard Business Review did a study among lawyers and had this to say, Looking across partners who work with associates, we find that delegating work to associates allows the median partner to earn 20% more than they would have otherwise, and top lawyers who have the most skill to leverage earn at least 50% more. Now, since roughly the dawn of time, here's what people have said about business, And it applies virtually to all industries is one, focus on what you're good at and two, outsource the rest. I'm sure you've heard that before. Focus on what you're good at and outsource the rest. Now, delegation is the process by which work is accomplished through others. It is the tool that people can use to concentrate their energies on the areas in which they have a competitive advantage and to delegate or outsource everything else. Now, effective delegation requires an investment of time and energy and money. And understanding the benefits of delegation encourages the willingness to make such an investment. When you have effective delegation, you can have enhanced profitability, growth for your business, as well as personal and professional growth and development. Now, here's what's interesting is delegation initially, in the beginning, 
will result in a reduced productivity. However, only for a short term. Once that delegation process has begun, you, the owner, the leader, you then become available to take on higher value work when a simple routine or task is effectively delegated. Now, on the other side of that, the lack of effective delegation can hinder your ability to grow and ultimately survive because it is fundamental for the health of a business. Okay, okay, Alexis, we get it. We get it. I I agree. So how do I do it, right? How do I effectively delegate? I'm going to give you a very simple analogy that you can think of in your head. And this is actually something I learned from Dr. Henry Cloud and also learned it from Dave Ramsey. I want you to have two different hats in your business. Two different hats. One is a CEO hat and one is an employee hat. A CEO hat and an employee hat. We are going to determine how you can have clear boundaries to wear each hat. So let me give you a quick example. Before you go to bed, writing out the work that needs to be done tomorrow is a CEO move. Waking up and completing that to-do list is an employee move. Now, both are needed and necessary, right? So it could be helpful in your mind as you're structuring your days to have CEO days and employee days, or name it whichever you want. Because sometimes when we try to do both in one day or in an hour of working our business, it can bring frustration. So let's talk about the two categories, home and business. What does it look like to be a CEO in your home and an employee of your home? And what does it look like to be the CEO of your business and an employee of your business? So let me give you an example. In your home, the CEO sits down with a planner, sets a month worth of dates nights, and schedules a babysitter. The employee goes on the date night. Again, you know I'm losing these two terms loosely, but stick with me here. The CEO calls the dentist to reschedule an appointment. The employee goes to the dentist. The CEO plans what's for dinner a week or two weeks in advance, and the employee cooks the dinner. The CEO texts the cleaning lady to set up a month's worth of cleaning days, and the employee is the cleaning lady. Do you see how delegation starting to sneak in here? The CEO texts the babysitter to confirm times for the next four weeks, not just the next four days, and the employee is the babysitter. The CEO of the home makes a list of areas that need to be decluttered, and the employee is the home assistant. Do you start to see what I'm putting down here? Now let's talk about your business, CEO versus employee. The CEO of your business decides four to six weeks in advance when you're working, when you're holding coaching calls, when you're going to be holding parties. And as the employee, you hold the party. You hold the coaching call. The CEO plans out a month of team meetings and assigns tasks to people. And the employee hosts the meeting. The CEO plans a day to declutter in the office and your desk space. And the employee shows up on that day to do the decluttering. 
The CEO of your business will vox your virtual assistant, your production contest for your team for the month to create the Facebook posts and your VA, the employee, does the posting. The CEO of your business texts your office assistants about what to do and a schedule to create and the employee is the office assistant. Do you see what I'm getting at here? You're wearing two hats where you yourself, you yourself and I could wear both hats or and or you can begin to introduce delegation into it. So even before we talk about the how-to of delegation, it's important to back up and remember there are two pieces, the CEO and the employee part. So how do you figure out what task is what? You do it through your brain dump. Anything that you marked as automate this, delegate this, eliminate this, for most of them, chances are, There is a CEO step that needs to be done before it can be automated or delegated. So let me give you an example. The month of May for our family, I have a lot more CEO time than normal when planning this month. In the month of May, my family has about eight or nine birthdays, four or five anniversaries. Um, We have Mother's Day. We have a family annual day with my husband's side of the family. There's about usually 15 to 16 individual events happening in the month of May, not to mention Mother's Day thrown in there, right? So in those times, in the four weeks of May, it is crazy. And answer what you want for your family. Maybe you have a month like that. Maybe it's those four or five weeks between Thanksgiving and Christmas, In those times, I find it most rewarding to lean very heavy into my CEO hat prior to May because it frees up time and space, even mental space, to leave time for the unexpected. So I want to give you five basics of delegation. Now remember, you could delegate to yourself from CEO to employee, or you could delegate to someone else. But let's go through the five basics of delegation. The number one is start by being okay with letting go. I get it. Sometimes the hardest part is letting go of control. And it's just not possible, no matter how much you want it to be, to do everything yourself. It may feel like you are the only one to do a task 100% correctly, but that's actually only true in a few rare circumstances. So the first step is to identify what's causing you not to delegate. Is it a fear that someone else's work will be subpar, that they won't meet the deadlines, that they'll drop the ball and you'll end up having to do it anyway, but it'll be at the last minute, so you're gonna be stressed? Once you've identified the reason, you can work to overcome it. And if you're still apprehensive about delegation, Start small and ease into it. Delegate small, low-risk tasks first, then work your way up to something bigger. And eventually, it will become something that's less stressful and more routine. And once you've let go and you're ready to delegate bigger tasks, you will need a plan of action. So step number two is being strategic. Being strategic. It is important that you choose the right person for the task. 
right? We shouldn't delegate work to someone just because they have the capacity to do it. Instead, we want to choose someone who has the right skill set and they're capable of doing the work without assistance. So it's important to keep in mind that just because someone has the capability doesn't mean that they have the availability. So we just want to find a balance between the two. Number three is setting expectations. It is not enough to simply assign a task to someone. You must clearly explain to them what it is that you want for them to accomplish. So you will need to clarify what a successful completion of that task looks like by identifying the end result and then setting a time frame. So if you have a task that is a short turnaround, this is for, say, a VA, a virtual assistant, someone who's helping you with your podcast, maybe a social media manager, someone like that. Set a specific end date and check in at least once before the task is due. Now, if it's a longer term project, set a series of goals, right? A series of cross finish lines to cross and establish a routine of regular check-ins between now and the actual due date. So maybe that could be something like an onboarding workbook that's 50 pages long. Consider meeting with your VA about every eight to 10 pages so you can get a pulse on the work she's doing. Number four is not to micromanage. Once you have delegated a task, step away. Because the only thing micromanaging does is add more work back onto your plate. It is frustrating for you and the person you've delegated to And more often than not, it actually slows down your progress and results. So there there is a fine line between monitoring progress and micromanaging. So be careful that you're just evaluating yourself along the way just to make sure you don't cross that unintentionally. And number five, trusting your team. Trusting the person or the people that you are delegating to. Once you have assigned a task to someone, Give them the authority to take full ownership. You have to trust that they will complete it correctly and on time. And while there's nothing wrong with the occasional, how's it going, you know, check-in, doing that too often could make that person feel like you don't trust them. So to avoid this, clarity is kindness. Before the project starts, set a schedule of check-ins at the beginning of the project and really try to stick with that as long as you can. Delegation is only successful with accountability. The person responsible for the task needs to be held accountable for a timely completion, accuracy, and results. And this is if you're doing the delegating to yourself or if you're delegating to someone else. The person responsible for the task needs to be held accountable for a timely completion, accuracy, and results. And it's important after the task is done to review the res- to review those results. If there was something you didn't love about that, you can share that with kindness. See how you can make those things right. Now let's talk about what we hit on in the last module and that is the cost of delegation. And one of the things that I shared is If you are spending a lot of time doing things that were bringing you frustration, whether in your home or in your business, 
you can, option one, continue doing what you're doing and feeling the way you're feeling. Option two, you can stop doing that task. And maybe there are some tasks that you need to stop doing. Or number three, you can delegate part or all of it. And a really great question to ask is, what is the cost of continuing to do this task without help? How can I, what is it costing me to continue doing this task without help? Again, we know that being able to delegate requires a budget. So at the very least, you must know your finances. You have to know that you have money to pay someone before hiring them, right? So if this is brand new to you and you're like, I've never delegated, I'm curious to know where to start, not really sure on my budget, I do have a recommendation that you can email me for. I will give you her name. You can see if it's a good fit. But let me give you a really simple way of what you can do to get a hold on your own of your business. And honestly, this could work for your personal finances. The first thing I want you to do is I want you to log into your bank account and print out your statements for the last three or four months. You could even go six months, but at least three months. Print that PDF out. Then I want you to get your highlighter and I want you to highlight in one color all of the expenses. All of the expenses. Now you can start to say, get another highlighter and I want you to highlight all of your income. All different sources of your income. Where is that money coming from? And at the very base level, your income should be equal at the very minimum, preferably more than your expenses. Now, if you want to get really detailed looking at your expenses, see what averages are you paying for each one, for your phone bill, for your internet. You could find an average for the charges that vary, like eating out or on Amazon. So I've included a very simple version of an expense tracker in this module. So take a look at the notes on this module and you will see that in there. And you can start to see, let's see, I bring in $1,000 a month for my business. I have $800 in expenses. Where does that other $200 go? Where is it going? And if you're seeing that it's going to miscellaneous Amazon orders or eating out, and that's where you want it to stay, my goodness, it's your money. You do that. But you may realize that, oh, if I just cut back in that area just a little bit without even increasing my profit, I could have some wiggle room to hire someone in my home, to hire someone to delegate things to in my business. Just like we talked about the house cleaner in the last module. Now, let's give an idea of something around your home. You could delegate yard work. If you took $100 and you paid a lawn care person something that normally takes you two to three hours, let's say you normally do your lawn work on a Saturday and when the lawn person comes, you spend that time folding laundry instead of working your business. Yes, you delegated, but it didn't bring any income, right? You delegated the lawn work, but you spent that doing laundry, which isn't making you any money. So the question then is, well, does delegation always have to bring in income? I don't think so, 100% of the time. But until your budget is in a place 
where you can support non-income producing delegation, it's important to be aware of how it will affect your finances. You need to know how it will affect your finances. So if you are ready to go, okay, got my finances in order. I have an idea of how much I can spend on delegation. So where do I start delegating? I want you to write down everything you do in your home, all the tasks, laundry, dishes, organizing, dusting, toilets, everything. Now, if you look at that task, you can categorize it daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, right? Now, I want you to look at that list of daily tasks, things you do daily, circle, star, heart, however you want to do it, the tasks you hate doing. (laughs) You just despise them. And it doesn't mean you're going to get out of them. But I just want you to mark the tasks you just really don't like. And if you're married or you live with someone else, consider having a conversation. Hey, here are all the tasks that I do every single day or every single week. Are there any that you would be willing to help me with? And have that conversation. So now you can explore what it would look like to delegate what's left on the list. So do you have children that are old enough to help? And for what's left over after that, what is the cost to delegate some of those tasks? Now, just know this part, finding someone to delegate to, can take some time to find someone or multiple people to do this. Now, usually when I'm starting out, this will vary on the state that you live, the area of the state that you live, the year that you're listening this to, but usually I will start around $15, $16 an hour as average to pay someone. Now, that is average for where I live in North Carolina, and it may take several conversations with people to figure out a rate that you and that other person are comfortable with. So could you delegate some or all of those tasks on your home list that you don't love? You can, and there will be a price tag for that, right? But if you can work your way through getting everything on paper, see if there's another adult in your home, if there is, that can help with some of those things, or older kids, then you can kind of eliminate some of those things and then start to explore your options for delegation. Then you will have more clarity and understanding to say, yes, I'm willing to pay for help in this area. And no, I'm not willing to pay for help in that area. I don't mind doing it. Now you can use this method for the daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, and even yearly tasks. And the biggest thing I want to note here is this is going to take time. This is going to take some time. But putting one step in front of the other will continue this process and at least begin it for you. Now, we're going to switch to business as we close out this module. And the majority of the time that you are delegating for your business, remember we're talking business here, it should be saving you or making you money. Because if you are in business to make money and you decide to create a team around you to support your business, they should be saving you money or they should be making you money. Now, if you've ever heard the term scale your business, it just means how to grow your business. And it can be very challenging, if not impossible, to scale and grow your business without proper to support. And delegation is how you get that support. So here's the two ideas on figuring out what to delegate for your business. What do I delegate for my business? 
Figure out what you'd rather not do the same way you did for your home. Let's say you don't love setting up texts to go out for client follow-up, so you avoid it. You know this actually is an important factor for your income, so this would be at the top of your priority list for delegation. But what if you have, let's say, an on-hand inventory if you sell products and you don't love the attack, the idea of keeping your inventory orderly so it's easy to find? Now, this really does not have a direct correlation to your income, so this would be a lower priority of helping someone help you follow up with those customers in the inventory. Another idea that can be helpful when figuring out what to delegate of your business is communicating clear expectations when hiring someone. Clarity is kindness. I have never had an experience where I delegated and I looked back and thought, gosh, I was too clear on my instructions with her. In fact, it's been the opposite. (laughs) Many, many times in the beginning of my delegation journey, I look back and think, I was not clear on my expectations. No wonder she didn't deliver. Now, personally, I'm a firm believer in the buck stops with the leader. If I told a customer she would get an order by Friday and I wasn't clear with my office assistant and it arrived to her on a Saturday, that's on me. Even if I was clear with my office assistant, it's still on me. And I think this is an important factor of being a leader because no matter how much you delegate, you are ultimately the one responsible. And we take that responsibility without throwing our team under the bus. And this just breeds trust with our team. Something that I love is that has served me well for delegation is hiring people for projects rather than a full hire. And I've never had anyone work for me 40 hours a week. I think at max, the highest I've ever hired for is about 15 hours a week. But when you hire someone for a project, this lets you see if you like the way they work and they get to see if they like working for you, right? So I always set the expectations pretty high in the beginning. Because so many times in the beginning, I hired someone and our first conversation was kind of like we were just friends and that's how the relationship went. And so she thought we were kind of just hanging out and I expected results of a team member, right? Of an employee. So by no means do I want anyone to be rude, but I found it so important to be kind and firm so the person you're delegating to knows what to expect. So ultimately, bottom line, there are three filters you can run a task through to see if they're ready for delegation. One, you have no expertise in that area. There is no way I'm going to edit a podcast by myself. I have no expertise in that area, right? Number two, you truly don't have time for that task. Or number three, you just don't want to do it. And that's an okay filter too. To maximize results from delegating tasks, we must spend some time thinking about what we want to delegate. And this is where it's important to get very, very specific because when you are vague in delegation, that can often lead to failure. So let me give you an example in your home. Let's say you bring a cleaning lady in with your home Hey, do you clean? I do. 
great, start on Thursday, perfect, $75, awesome, right? That's what the conversation looks like. So she comes in and she covers the basics. She vacuums, she mops, she dusts, she does the bathrooms, great. However, you have the expectation that the basics also include wiping down kitchen countertops, top of chairs, wiping down um, light switches. And if you don't communicate that, you'll be left with frustration and (laughs) a partially cleaned home, right? So we want to be very clear when we're delegating. Here's an example that I had once with an office assistant when I was selling product. I wanted her to come in and clean the makeup brushes that I used. This was pre-2020 when I would have demo brushes that people would use. So I shared with her, hey, spray, use this spray for the dry bristle brushes and soap and water for the liquid ones and then let them dry on a towel. Right? Good to go. Awesome. Well, I had an unspoken expectation because I did not communicate it that she would shake the brushes of excess water and lay them on their side to dry. But I didn't clearly communicate that. So I came home, the bristles are sitting upright, beginning to fall apart because the water had soaked through the brush. Now, both of these examples are from my real life. So just know it may take some time to get into that groove of delegating, but the biggest thing I can tell you in delegating is that clarity is kindness. So let's close today's module with reminding ourselves about the relay race. It is one of the most adrenaline pumping sites in an athletic events, and again is viewed as the ultimate example of teamwork and coordination. Delegating sounds easy, And watching others who do it well make it look easy. But passing that baton effectively requires a lot of trust, communication, and coordination. And when you learn how to delegate and delegate well, everything in your home and your business, including your profits, can win. I am so pumped to hear what you think about today's module Remember, when you are finished, for real, for real, I would love for you to drop your feedback in the Q&A link so we can celebrate you, and I would love to know where you're at with it. Now, remember, after today's module, if you're like, oh, gosh, Alexis, I could still use some one-on-one support, remember that as a client of the Rhythm Reset, you do have access to one-on-one time with me, something that is not offered to the public. So pop me an email if that's something you want more information on, and I will share availability, pricing, and all of the details to see if it's a good fit for you. Now with that, we have reached the end of this module, module 10. Remember that we are leaders, and leadership is a blend of character and strategy. People want what you have to offer, my friend, and now is not the time to back down. As we enter the online marketplace today, we commit to be others-focused. We commit to challenge the norm. We provide excellence in the mundane, and we go one more. We believe that character matters. We welcome the pivots, and we know that profit is good, and profit used for good is better. As you go throughout your day, my friend, fear not. Keep your eyes posted for looking out for the big mo. And remember, we choose our family always 
over our business. As we say here in the South, y'all have a great day.